The lawyers who prosecute and defend in the complex cases that come before the International Criminal Court need a broad set of investigative skills and have to be prepared to dedicate themselves to a case that could take years to reach a conclusion. The ICC of today is very different from the ICC of June 2003. Cases before the International Criminal Courts tend to be far more complex than those before domestic courts. Some of the best people who work before the International Criminal Court, their expertise domestically has been complex fraud litigation. Where are you at the moment? Are you in France or are you in, in The Hague? London-based barrister David Hooper QC is the lead defence counsel for Germaine Katanga, a Congolese suspect who is currently being tried at The Hague for war crimes and crimes against humanity. The trials themselves are long, typically five or six years, and you've got the fact that the case isn't happening um, down the road, as it were. That's not the crime scene. The crime scene is, for example, in Rwanda or in the Congo, 8,000 miles away. You have to go to the Congo, you have to go to Rwanda. And unlike here, where, is a, where I'm a barrister, I mean, I, I don't even, I'm not even allowed to speak to witnesses before they come into court. It's the solicitor who uh, takes their proof, provides you with it, and you call them blind. Whereas in the international cases, I've got the job of being not just the barrister, the advocate in court, but the solicitor, if you like, and the investigator sometimes. Every story has two sides. I have to go out on mission and help find witnesses. I have to see witnesses, take statements from witnesses. There's always a point in a case, particularly when you go out on mission, that you meet people who, one way or another, have been victims, for example of crime. And that can be very affecting, very affecting indeed. Because of You live and breathe these cases, you get to know the accused very well, you become almost his link with life. You get to know his family. And then when you're on mission, you're meeting witnesses, you're meeting victims, you are totally immersed in the case. She's my case manager in the uh, Katanga case. Appearing for the Office of the Prosecutor this afternoon is... Uh... The prosecutor's job is to conduct investigations and present the evidence to judges, who will decide if there are grounds to issue an arrest warrant. The preparation of a prosecution case is far more complex than in a domestic court, due to the nature of the crimes which come under the ICC's remit. When you're talking about crimes against humanity, in addition to um, proving at court, that the underlying crime of murder, forcible deportation, persecution took place, you also have to prove that it took place in the context of widespread and systematic attacks. The case of the prosecutor versus... And proving this contextual element requires identifying a pattern of attacks across quite a large territory. That in and of itself requires what we call overview witnesses, people who saw a large number of things happening. It requires, in some instances, satellite imaging, many different ways of building a holistic picture of attacks that took place over a large area in a systematic way. One of the innovations of the ICC is the rights granted to victims. In all trials, the victims have the opportunity to be represented by a lawyer through whom they can express their views and concerns. It hasn't proved its case because it has to prove it through these witnesses. The role of the defence counsel is to prove that the evidence presented by the prosecution is untrue or unreliable. 
the prosecution has not proved its story. The first thing you do is, is look at the, the charges, which are far, rather more detailed than we get on, a, on our indictment document in the United Kingdom. The second thing is to read deeply about the surrounding history. So you've got some context, you know the parameters within which whatever's complained about has occurred. Third thing is to get disclosure of the prosecution witnesses. You see exactly what the evidence is against you. You make investigations, of course, into those who are making the allegations. Was he there? Was he at Bogoro? So you're beginning to build up a case. To that extent, you test the evidence that the prosecution are, are um, juicing against you. But probably isn't enough. You have to be sure that he was. The gravity of the crimes which the International Criminal Court was set up to prosecute means that some suspects have had problems finding a lawyer who is prepared to defend them. A number of people are, are uncomfortable about defending people in these circumstances. Lawyers who defend suspects who are accused of heinous crimes sometimes do so at considerable risk to their personal safety. Defence counsel Melinda Taylor was arrested and detained in a Libyan jail for 26 days. She was in Libya visiting Saif al-Islam Gaddafi, son of the late Colonel Gaddafi, who she's defending on charges of crimes against humanity. Defence counsel are targets, and it really doesn't necessarily depend on where you're defending the person, it depends on the, depends on the person you're defending and the type of crime. And I think there's lots of instances throughout the world of defence counsel being arrested or being threatened or having security risks to them because of the work they do. Because defendants are very rarely popular, particularly if they're being charged with what looks on paper to be horrendous crimes. Of course people aren't going to like you. Ms Taylor was not mistreated by her captors, but her period in detention with three colleagues from the ICC was nonetheless a terrible ordeal. The longer it drew on, the more our disbelief increased, because like, what are we still doing here? We have proofs and immunities, on what legal basis are we being arrested? Because we were never given an arrest warrant. We were never given any document explaining what we were doing there, why or under what authority they took the measures they did. You veer between optimism and extreme pessimism. On some points you think, oh, it'll be tomorrow. Surely it'll be tomorrow. And then at some point you're like, they're never going to let us go. <laughs> I think it must be very difficult for any defendant who's in those conditions to make rational choices. You must think that no one believes in you anymore because, of course, the only people you speak to are your guards and your guards, aren't, certainly in this case, aren't neutral. The hardest thing for Ms Taylor was speaking to her young daughter on the phone from her Libyan prison. It was incredibly difficult. It was lovely to hear her voice, but it just makes you miss things more. Because they have to prove it. David Hooper has had several experiences as a defence counsel where his clients were found not guilty of war crimes. Improving their case. I went to meet a client who I hadn't met before, who was charged with genocide. He was a minister in the government in Rwanda in 1994 that was allegedly responsible for the genocide. And you're talking of 800,000 people being killed. And my hand went out and I shook his hand. You see, I'm shaking hands with the genocide. Many years later, the judges came into court and found him not guilty. It's quite plain that the judges found all the prosecution witnesses in that case incredible. Not to put a finer point on, liars. 
So there was a man who'd been accused of the most terrible crime on evidence that was fabricated. Thank <laughs> you.